It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! Reflux Town! Monday and welcome to the Big Play Reflog Show. I'm joined alongside Nick Padone and Chris McNeil. Boom over there in the producer role. Appreciate you as always. Bet the over. Nice t-shirt. Did you get that from Dave? I got it from Big Play. All right. Well, yeah. Dave made it cool, I think, around here. I like For sure. It. <laughs> Thank and you. He also made Fade Padone pretty cool as well. Yep, he did. He da- Dave has that effect, kind of t-shirt viral extraordinaire. Honestly, whatever he's wearing, we got it. Chris McNeil, <laughs> what are you wearing today? Uh, I've got a Quan shirt on. Once again, a big play shirt. Quan oh, with a nice lead off home run yesterday. So very timely as I well. I know. Everybody, I yeah. feel like. I'm not in the big play drip for once. Well, I got the hat. I got the um, Emily Rogenberg shout out, the, the shirt yep, that they gave that away at the game shirt. the other day. Yeah. I am not wearing anything related to anything, am I? This is just a high school that I never went to. <laughs> nice. And, and not the right size. <laughs> I, I like that Quan Believable shirt. Did you know that I was the inspiration for that saying? Uh, do tell. No, yeah. I didn't. I was the first to hashtag Quan Believable when we got him. And... Um, then Cody put it on a shirt, and I told him, I was like, make it like a superhero. And I actually sent him a mock-up, and then he literally made that shirt. A fun fact for people kind of peek behind the screen of how we really operate over <laughs> here off the shores of uh, Lake Erie at Burke Lakefront Airport Studios. Kind of if anybody has a shirt, we just text it to Cody like, hey, here's a shirt idea. Mm-hmm. He draws it, and then within the next 24 to 48 business hours, the shirt appears. So that's kind of how it works. So if you guys out there want to see something on a shirt, uh, tweet at us <laughs> at Big Play Store at Cody, at Cody Draws because he's constantly putting new stuff out there. And go check it out, though, for real, store.bigplay.com. Um, definitely kind of been overhauled. There's a lot of cool stuff on there now. Yeah, I like it. We're growing that merch, baby. Merch. Speaking of off the shores of Lake Erie, I was up and down the coast, the north coast. You were, man. Last last week. Starting off, throwing off that first pitch, Lake Erie Crushers, shout out there. They didn't let me throw it off the mound, though, Nick, which was kind of Yeah, yeah, that happened to Gab, too. Yeah, they wouldn't let me, So, which was kind of worked out in my favor because I don't know what it's like up there, but I do know that I threw a strike. Then we got the mound delay, Chris. Oh, yes, yeah. I've never seen that before. <laughs> it yeah. was all fake. I mean, everything there is it's fake turf, right? Yep. 
but there was still a delay of a good, what, 20 minutes while yeah. they were working on the mound, this fake mound there at the Lake Erie Crushers game. And it so. wasn't like sixth inning, you know, guys have been just going at it, a true pitcher's duel. Like, it was yeah. the first or second inning. Like, they got the guys out there, like the Big Ten game a couple of years back, yeah. trying to fix this mound. It, it was kind of a nightmare. They had, like, four people Yeah, they there. did. They did. And then, of course, Gordy Gronkowski was rolling around, chatting it up with me and intern Jack. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. What was he like? What was his personality? Exactly how you think he would really? be. Like, sure. like, imagine what the oldest Gronkowski brother, like, imagine, like, what his personality is like. That's that's he, exactly don't you think the oldest sibling is the birth of the yep. personality? <laughs> yep. So yep, it's if anything, everyone it's just magnified. follows suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And of course he reps pit vipers, those pit viper glasses. Yeah. And Not my son was was wearing his pit vipers. I had my pit vipers because my brother, shout out to my brother, got those for me for my birthday, which was also that Friday. And uh so we got an awesome picture. My son in a fade padone shirt. Wearing the pit vipers with, with Gronk there. Gronkowski. That Gronkowski. is awesome. Yeah. It's good that, times. Good Christmas times. card material almost. That's exactly right. So that was fun. Then I did the Cedar Point thing. Uh the only the only bad part, speaking of things that were down like that that mound, uh Steel Vengeance was down the oh, entire time. No. So I didn't get a chance to get back on that. And that thing is just life changing. It's so unbelievable. But had a good time there. And then after that, decided to go the other side of Cleveland, go all the way up to Geneva on the lake and uh, spend some time up there here in the last couple of days. So it's been a wild trip. And I'll tell you, if you've never been there, that's a wild time. That is a crazy time up there in Geneva on the lake. Reflogs Northern Tour. Yeah, you really. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to start doing those like one tank tours that they used to do <laughs> from the news. We should get... start doing that up there. Yeah, and we, we should get, speaking of merch, kind of bring this conversation full circle. Like it could be like a band tee. Like on the back has like Cedar. Chris was at Cedar Point this day. He was at Geneva on the lake this day. Like, you know. Tour of Ohio. Here we go. Let's go. Did you visit a winery when you were in Geneva? Sir, sounds like a Sir Yacht video. No, but I did see a bunch of them that were up there. Yeah, because that's uh, also wine country over there. Also an awesome brewery out there outside of Sandusky. Twin Oast is what it was called, and okay. it it was really, really neat. Now, it's was like, it as good as Pina Colada's in Greenbrier? <laughs> I'm sure. Speaking of our Browns down there at the Greenbrier, everybody's out of town. I guess it's it's hot, the height of summer and travel season. Even our beloved Cleveland Browns aren't in town right now. Down there, of course, trying to get their reps in at uh, the beautiful Greenbrier. You guys ever been to the Greenbrier in West Virginia? I haven't. Have no. you? You're a resident golfer on the no. show, especially Sands Dave. And I wasn't too far from the Greenbrier. I, I actually was lived in West Virginia for a short time back in my old life in sales. So I'm kind of familiar with the area. I, I live down in Charleston. Um, but yeah, it, it's gorgeous down there. That's about all I know. And I know there's a bunker. So in yeah. case there's some kind of an Oppenheimer situation that, that hits the country, um, then, you know, our, our beloved Browns are going to be safe down there in the bunker. You ever have a pina colada out that way? No, I've never had a pina colada. 600 calories in those bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you only want to have one or two of those and then hit the gym after. That's right. Well, gang, um, speaking of pina coladas, there is no segue for this, but we've got our Labatt featured interview. Are they here, Boom? Not yet. Or should we jibber-jabber some more? We could do a little fill-in-the-blank. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's hit an early fill in the blank. Yeah, That'd we have cool. our bets and fill in the blank. We'll we'll start with fill in the blank, and then when our guests, our first featured Labatt interview, uh, pops on, we'll get to them. 
<laughs> Jack, did you go grab some paper towels? <laughs> Thanks, Pat. All righty. Gab, go for it. Oh, yeah. All right. Sorry, I'm flustered. I just spilled an entire can of, you know what? Plug here. Super Nirvana. <laughs> there you go. They're Nirvana water, people. Our right? Nirvana water. <laughs> Man, we are off the rails. You guys see what happens when Ken's in town? I lose all control. Feelsuper.com. I, I yeah, feelsuper.com. I've been silly all weekend. This is just in a continuation from the entire weekend. So. Must be nice. Yeah, yeah. I've been w- wheels. That doesn't make any sense. All right, MLB trade. <laughs> the guest is about to be in here. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the funniest thing happened at work, but it's not appropriate to share here. Um. <laughs> How is anyway. how is that the case? It's always appropriate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something happened at work, but it's not appropriate oh, here. Man. Sounds a little backwards. I know, but it's because it's because truth be told, our scoreboard team, we got a lot of inside jokes, and if you work in live production, everyone's yeah. got a real twisted sense of humor. But anyway, I'm keeping it to myself. Oh, anyway, on yesterday I couldn't form any words at the ballpark. I did my best, and I feel like today it's the same thing. Like, what did I just say? <laughs> we all was like, it doesn't make any sense. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, uh, I've been wheels. <laughs> Is our guest here yet or what? No. Okay, hey, shoot. Hey, Gab, right. Gab, what was the vibe like? I mean, I assume you were there for all the games this weekend against the Phillies. It was incredible. Yeah, it was the bad. sellout crowds, I think that's what did a yeah. number on me. To be honest, I lost every brain cell over the weekend because between trying to do your job with a sellout crowd, there's so many interactions and congestion but between innings. So uh, it becomes a lot. But, man, I really loved having that many people in the house. It was exciting. And the fact that we got two back-to-back wins was nice. Is our guest here now? Oh, perfect timing. Great. Okay, let's go back and put our wheels <laughs> What are we doing with our wheels here? Yeah, is I'm it, so it, lost. I don't know, guys. It's been wheelie. Uh, wheels up, wheels down. <laughs> I'm just going to play the intro. Go for it. Let's bro. go. Yep. Alrighty, on the Labatt Blue Line, we have our featured interview of the night. He is screenwriter, Cleveland native, Cleveland sports fan, um, <laughs> Nick Pusty. What's up, Nick? Thank Nick you so Puste. much. Pusty, my, my bad. Let, let me get that correct. <laughs> Thanks for, there. Welcome, Nick. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's, it's uh, an honor and a thrill. For sure. So obviously we we want to kick things off, talk a little bit about your journey. How does a kid, you know, hear so much kid from Akron, how does a kid from Northeast (laughs) Ohio kind of make it prime time to, you know, becoming a Hollywood writer from Bay Village? Well, um, you know, I, uh, I started off as a, as a business major, um, uh, at Miami. Oh, Miami Red Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of action love on the show. Love that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I was there for a few years and I just kind of wasn't feeling it. Um, I took a writing class. I really enjoyed that and uh, just kept taking writing classes from a- any school uh, in Ohio. I went to CSU. Uh, I went to OSU. Uh, I picked up a, a, uh, an English major at Miami. And just spent all my time 
writing. And then after graduation, I applied to every writing program I could afford to apply to, probably 20. Uh, and I got rejected by all of them uh, except one, which was the USC Film School. Not so, a bad one. Not a bad one to fall back on right total, there. Total fluke. But, uh, you know, I got on a bus, came to L.A., and, and uh, you know, I haven't left. Um, <laughs> I, you know, after I graduated film school, which was, uh, which was challenging, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I spent about six years just working a day job, uh, writing at night, writing scripts, um, reading scripts. Uh, but it wasn't until I started writing short scripts that I finally got my big break because I started writing short scripts for other film students. And, uh, one of them turned out really good and hit the festival circuit. And that was the thing that got me out of there. Uh, got my first job in 2001 and have been doing it ever since. Now, obviously, now, you've worked with a lot of big stars out there, namely Selena Gomez. You could kind of slide her <laughs> my number if you feel like. I know it was just her birthday, HBD Selena. Any cool <laughs> stories, interactions um, that you've had just in your time in that profession? Yeah, I mean... Um... Like coolest story. If you had, if you, I know it's hard. If you had to nail down one, like coolest story. Coolest. Well, uh, <laughs> um, okay. So on the set of, um, I shouldn't even say this. Uh, on the set of Ramon and Beezus, yeah. uh, there's an actress named Bridget Moynihan who is just yeah. a really cool person, just incredibly gorgeous, talented. And at one point, uh, she wanted to go over a scene and uh, she didn't like, because one of the producers had rewritten the scene that morning. She didn't like it. She wanted to talk about it. And the only place we could talk about it was in her dressing room. And she was getting changed uh, while we were talking about it. And I was, you know, the kid from Ohio. I was just, <laughs> I was shaking. I couldn't, I mean, I was just, everything she said, I was like, yeah, 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 good, good, good idea. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. And um, I just tried to scratch together some notes for a scene. And uh, she was so sweet and very appreciative. Um, and then we went to set and she showed it to the producer and they're like, no. And they just ripped it up. <laughs> but, but I had that 20 minutes in yeah. the dressing room. Uh, that has been burned into my brain. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic. That, yeah, that that's as good as it got for me. For sure. So now, right now in the news is obviously the writer's strike. Where where are you at with that? How, how is that affecting you on a day-in, day-out basis? Obviously, you're not working right now, but what, what are you doing day-in, day-out in light of the writer's strike? Well, I mean... Once or twice a week, I actually go out and pick it. Uh, oh. So that's like, you know, four hours of walking around. You get your steps in, but it feels <laughs> kind of weird because you're walking around outside the studios and you're looking at these massive buildings with yeah. glass windows, knowing the people in there really don't care about you at all. Um, and it had been difficult uh, for the previous 80 days. Uh, but when the screen actors jumped in yeah. um it really changed everything uh it made the picket line a lot more fun um <laughs> uh it, i mean it quadrupled the size of the picket i remember 
on a Wednesday, I was outside Netflix and there were maybe 40 or 50 people there. And I went back on Friday with the actors and there were probably a thousand. Wow. I mean, it's just, it suddenly, it felt like we had a chance, like it was a fair fight. Um, but on the days, you know, we're not picketing. We're just kind of, we're writing our own stuff. Uh, we're not allowed to really send it to, to producers. Um, but you know, you can still send it to your friends. Uh, you can send it to actors, you know, so, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to prepare for the moment that the strike is over and, you know, be ready to hit the ground running. But, uh, yeah, but, but again, before the actors got involved, it, it was, uh, it was a little depressing. (laughs) (laughs) How how is all of this strike going to be affecting, you know, movies and TV shows for people who don't know? Well, I mean, I, you know, what I'm hearing is that you won't really feel it until maybe this time next year. Okay. Um, okay. Because a lot of things have already been completed or um, are in post-production right now. Uh, some projects that are shooting in Canada have, you know, have been able to find some loopholes. Mm. But there are shows that uh, you're not going to see when you thought you'd see them. Like Stranger Things is not coming back for a while. All those kids are going to be in their mid thirties by the time you see them again. Uh, so I, I mean, I think that's kind of it. Now my fear is that we're going to see something like we did after the last strike in 2007, which was just a flood of um, unscripted uh, reality shows. Mm. Um, the studios last time used this, work stoppage and last time it was about 100 days but it was only the writers it wasn't the actors or directors but they used that as an excuse to start filling uh the market with unscripted cheap reality tv and we really never went back so um you know if you had asked me in 2007 can you imagine a time when cbs would be showing the price is right on thursday night at nine o'clock during prime time on a Thursday, which used to be like the golden uh, three hours of television, I I would have been stunned, but they're doing it. And on NBC, it's press your luck. (laughs) You know, it's it's kind of absurd and unthinkable, but that's where we are. The network TV is uh, is gone. Uh, In 2007, there was a blockbuster on every corner. That is no longer true. Uh, So, it's kind of scary what happened after that. Uh, and it's, it's a little scary to think of what could happen after this, which is why of all the issues that we're striking over, I think AI is the one that I'm most um, passionate about. Um, yeah, for, for people out yeah. there who, who don't understand exactly that aspect of this, what, what exactly are you guys asking for in terms of AI? And what are the issues there? Because that, that's a big sticking point right now. It really is. And the funny thing is, is that when the strike started, it wasn't the thing Um, because I'd be on the line talking to people. It was always the thing for me. Um, But, you know, everybody else was talking about residuals and, you know, staffing issues and all of that. But there was this question about AI. And as the strike went on longer and we saw how how hard the studios were were pushing back on it, I mean, the line was always like, well, the studios don't know exactly how they're going to use it, but they don't want to give it up. Mm-hmm. 
but we started to get a sense of how exactly they are going to use it. And the fear is, is that eventually what the studios can do is um, they can input, you know, the work of, of really any writer, um, Quentin Tarantino, you, you input his scripts, Christopher Nolan, um, you know, any, any, you know, A-list writer, they can input uh, their material, um, their careers into AI, and they can ask them, you know, what I would love a baseball movie written by Quentin Tarantino. And you press the button and you get 20 versions of it. Yeah. And a studio exec can hire someone to read them and say, oh, okay, we like version number 14. And okay, let's do version number 14, but let's give it more of a Christopher Nolan spin. And they'll get 20 more versions of it. And finally, they'll land on a version that they kind of like, and they will hire a writer for a week to try and you know polish it to make it sound like it wasn't written by a robot. And then that's the script that gets sent into production. Yeah. And it's kind of, on some level, it's unthinkable. I mean, I remember talking to a writer on the line who was like, well, do you think anybody's really going to want to see a movie written by a robot? And my fear was, someday that's all you're going to get. Yeah. Like, I, again, it's like Price is Right. I can't imagine watching The Price is Right at 9 o'clock. But if that's all there is, I guess I'm going to watch. And I feel like that's the existential crisis that we're facing as writers with AI, and the actors are facing it too. The idea that that their features, their past performances can be downloaded and used however they want, I think is just frightening to a lot of actors. We saw, um, there was an ad that was really popular on, on Twitter a couple months ago uh, that used John Lennon. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but it was like a, a 30 second commercial where John Lennon was talking about, I think it was some AI platform. And it was so poorly written and ridiculous. They were using all these awful Beatles puns like, well, if, if you really want to talk about a revolution, we should, you should be using I this product. I did see that one. Now, now when you start talking about that part of it, now I remember it. Yes, yes. And it was so just... John Lennon would never do such a thing. <laughs> and true. the fact that they can just use him to do whatever they want, no matter what he might have ever wanted, is just, it's just frightening. Uh, Tom Hanks mentioned it the other day. Like, he's worried that, that this part of his career is just a precursor to whatever they want him to do later, Jeez. long after he's dead. And so, you know, it goes way beyond entertainment. I think the threat of AI, that there really aren't many jobs out there that, that AI can't replace. And it just so happens that our strike is the one moment in time that I think someone can try and draw a line in the sand. And maybe it's inevitable, but I think we got to fight back and we got to, you know, I, stories about human beings just have to be written by humans. Um, cause the, the, the robots just don't get us. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the feeling about AI. That's amazing that we're at this point, but that is, that is so true. It always interests me too, with writers, you know, right now we've got the Oppenheimer movie out, you got the Barbie movie out, 
do you, Nick, do you go and see these movies? And if, if you do see the, the big productions like that, like how, how do you consume those? Do I mean, do, do you like think through what the writers think or do you just sit back and can you relax and just watch a movie for what it is? Well, I mean, that's the dream to be able to just watch it and consume it. And the great ones, that's exactly how it happens. They disarm you. Uh, in the first five minutes, you know, like, okay, I'm in the hands of, of someone who knows what they're doing. And, and you just sort of go for that ride. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, sometimes uh, there are films that I watch that I start rewriting uh, in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> and it's disappointing. It's a little disappointing. It, it's also like, I, I'm mad at myself. I want to turn that off. Yeah. Um, but along those lines there i can also appreciate a film if it gives me five minutes of something that i had never seen before so i don't need the thing to be perfect but if it gives me something that i'd never seen or inspires something in me um or makes me cry like that's 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 what i want um so yeah and like specifically with oppenheimer which i saw this weekend um i am a massive christopher nolan fan I am a World War II buff. Uh, the idea of that guy making a story about the Manhattan Project was just so exciting to me, and there was so much buildup. And when I saw it, I was just a little, a little disappointed, I guess, because it was, it's a, it's a film about Oppenheimer. It's not about right. the Manhattan Project. It's about a lot of aspects in his life. Um, so I think I need to go back and see it again and have that experience where I'm just enjoying it and not trying to rewrite it. Um, huh. uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, and you know, if you can see them in the, in the theaters, it's, it's, it's the only way to see them. I know you're a big Cleveland sports fan too. Would you rewrite this script to this guardian season so far? <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> maybe, 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 starting maybe the off season. Yeah, rewrite Ahmed Rosario out of the two hole. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to just, take up the next five hours of the <laughs> podcast but yeah that's been something that drives me nuts i don't know why they didn't i mean bieber and rosario had just maximum trade value at the beginning of the year and i thought they got to do it and they didn't and now we're here and it's frustrating because he's so bad defensively as well and they only have 15 guys who could replace him in the minors right now and three on the roster. Um, so that, yeah, I, th this season has been a little disappointing in so many ways. Um, and I guess kind of like Oppenheimer, it's also part of my expectations because yeah. I thought with the new rule change, I thought this team that made that run last year, like no shifts, the bases are bigger. You can only throw to pickoff attempts twice. Like these guys are going to be stealing every time they're on base. It's going to be the most fun brand of baseball yeah. we've ever seen. And it's just not, it's, <laughs> it's something happened along the way. And there was a writer's strike. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, the script just, is horrible. They reverted back to the to 2010 scripts. <laughs> <laughs> they sure did. They yeah. sure did. So we do a thing on the show. We have sports betting legal uh, here in Ohio. No, I know you guys don't have it out there yet um, in Cali. So we work with our buddies at Tipico on building a same game parlay 
um, for each game, and they kind of give it a boost so people get more money for what they bet. I want you to give us a leg for tomorrow, Tuesday's Guardians game against the Royals. It's Aaron Savalli versus Zach Granke, and I want you to give us a leg. It could be anything. It could be Guardians money line. It could be a player to get a hit. It could be a player to get a home run. It could be a certain number of strikeouts for Savalli. Pretty much anything that you could put your your mind to that's in the box score, um, you could you could bet on. So, okay, I would say um, uh, Quan will have. Two hits at least, and I think Ramirez nice. goes deep. All right, Quan, two wow, hits. Wow, there's a nice Yeah, yeah, we will get that submitted and up for tomorrow. So, Nick, do you think the Guardians stand pat? We've got a week until the trade deadline. Do you think the Guardians make a move here? I, I mean, if I were running the team, I would probably stand pat. Uh, I just don't think they're good enough this year, but it, it just doesn't feel like it's their year. And I don't know who you go get that changes the course of things. I I think you just have to bring Oscar Gonzalez back up, let him get his at bats, see, bring Karen Jack back up, see if he's fixed himself, and just kind of self repair that way rather than go out and get who? I mean, who would you who would you go get? Shohei. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> you think we're, we have that big budget for our writers around here no 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 we're not a big budget <laughs> film no, no. we're a small independent film that we're scraping by here nick exactly Dance the yeah economics yeah yeah and the reviews have been mixed so it's... <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure hey jumping ahead what do you think about the browns what do you, what do you think about the chances of the browns making the playoffs potentially this year with deshaun watson now after what happened last year having a full full season to look forward to some of the talent they've brought in elijah moore um and also some defensive changes do you, do you think this team has a chance to take it to the next level yeah i mean they should they they look on paper like a top five team in, in the AFC to me. I, I think they could easily win the division. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing that would stop them, I guess, would be the thing that stopped them for the last 20 years somehow. It just, it never quite works out. But, <laughs> never comes. but, but yeah, I mean, now's the time. They, I, I think Andrew Barry is a genius and I think he's put together a really nice roster and, um, you know, I'm excited to see what happens with Watson. Have you ever seen in your inbox the NFL hiring writers? <laughs> <laughs> the script. We heard a lot about that this year. The script. <laughs> well, I, I would, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd put myself up for that because I have some ideas. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a yes or a no. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe no, Nick's the it... one doing all the writing over there. Yeah, yeah, they need a better writer because uh, it's it's been pretty predictable for the last twenty years. <laughs> it has been. Any parting thoughts? I'll let you hit calves too before you go. Donovan Mitchell is he going to stick around? What do you what do you think of the calves? What's the upshot for them? I I don't know. I mean i I think that they could be top two or three in the conference. Um, I mean, what were they last year? Four. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying not to worry so much about Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I'm just trying to enjoy it for now. The, yeah. Some of the signs and noise out there. I don't know. It's not always hopeful, but 
he's here now. And uh, yeah, I think that they could make a run. I'm, uh, yeah, I they've got all the pieces. If if they can just get learn from what happened in the playoffs, if guys like Jared Allen can just step up a bit more um, uh, in in the playoffs, um, yeah, I think they can make a run. Why not? I love this positivity. Positivity. <laughs> That's right. The Browns, the Cavs, this is it. This is it. New Cleveland, right? Yeah. Well, what's the feel uh back home? I mean, what do you what do you think about the Cavs? And the I mean, I know there's always optimism about the Browns. I think people kind of like optimism. you. Just trying always to always cautious optimism. Yeah. Ignore Mitchell and just kind of hope for the best. Yeah, well, yeah, with the Cavs. And then with the Browns, of course, now you're just starting training camp and everybody's just trading videos of Deshaun Watson. Throwing oh, we're drinking pina coladas, baby. Greenbrier. Yeah. And saying we're yeah. going to the playoffs and we're going to the Super Bowl. I think that was genius, sending him down to West Virginia for a week. For sure. Um, I really like that. So you're really bought in on this whole regime, it sounds like, Nick. Not I am. Out. Yeah, I mean, I just the talent is fantastic. I, I, uh, they seem to be really well st- structured in terms of salary cap. Um, heading into the future, I, I don't know how they do it, but they do it. I, you know, it's on Stefanski now to see if he can really get, um, the most out of Watson and, and, uh, you know, hopefully the defense doesn't get in the way. And I think it's, I'm, I'm excited. I really think they're going to be good. And it's going to happen, like, in the first half of the first game. We're going to get, we're going to know who they are, um, I think, and and I think they're going to be good. Now, will you have a chance to make it back for any games? Uh, p- well, not um, probably not. Any Ho- home hopefully, games, the writers' strike is going to be resolved <laughs> and everything will be good on the professional front. And, and I'm right. I'm hoping exactly. for that. <laughs> let's assume that's, that's a big <laughs> assumption, but let's assume that. Would you be able to make it back? Uh, I probably won't make it back home, but I'll definitely go see them on the road. They're coming out to LA. Yeah, they play the Rams, baby, December three. Yeah, and I've got a brother in Indianapolis, so we'll probably sure. try and see him there. Um, so, it's I mean, you've probably experienced this, but going to see a game on the road, it it's always Different. stunning to see how many Browns fans show up in Arizona and yeah. LA. It's like <laughs> they always come. Uh, they always support. So, yeah. well, Nick, thank you so much for coming on. This is a long time coming. I really appreciate you spending some time with us and good luck. Good luck with the writer's strike and everything there. We're definitely thinking of you. And if there's anything us on, on our little dopey show can ever do for you. <laughs> for sure. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, thank you. And anytime I'd love to come back. Thanks, and if man. there's ever a casting call and you're looking for dopey, like, podcast types and, and you, you're thinking you know who'd be good for this you, you know where to find me oh yeah no you, <laughs> i will have a a, a face in mind for there that. you go look at that <laughs> thanks nick thank you nick bye bye guys bye how many puns we could get across there with script and sports was pretty cool yeah it was cool <laughs> i tried to work in as many as i could so i did my part i feel like good job and he's one of those guys, he knows his stuff when it comes to Cleveland sports. It's, yeah. it's amazing. You know, 
following along from that far away, he, he digs deep into the weeds and he knows exactly what's going on. So it's always cool to kind of catch up with those guys who have other big lives going on, but still are, are, are just on the pulse of what's going on here, too. Well, I mean, he listens to this show, so of course, um, he, of course he would know what's going on. And he, and he built a killer parlay, too. I, yeah. I, I can't wait to hit that and cash in, baby. Yeah, yeah, we'll put that up tomorrow. Typical sports book. Download it. Code reflog. Yeah, All right. those looks. We're gonna hit our second interview, kind of go yes. back to back. We're gonna we're gonna bring in our second interview, sponsored by Labatt, featuring feature featured by Labatt, sponsored, same thing. Yeah, same thing. He's a pro runner for Adidas, Colby Alexander, friend of show. We had him on a couple years ago, but we're gonna talk about the Guardian Mile coming up this weekend. Do 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 do. <laughs> Right. Presented by Labatt. There's so many, there's so many ways to say it. So we're bringing in Colby Alexander. Thanks for joining us. And we got another big weekend coming up. Fifth annual Guardian Mile. Expecting, what, over 800 runners. Uh, we've got elite talent coming in once again. Some pretty cool purse prizes. And just tell us a little bit about this race, Colby, because I know, isn't it your parents who put this whole whole thing together? Yeah, yeah. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, yeah we, we got, got you. you. All right, perfect. Um, yeah, so fifth year for the race. Um, really excited for it. We we uh, we got some good athletes coming in. Um, we got the, the uh, Matthew Centrowitz coming out. He he won the gold medal in the uh, fifteen hundred in the Olympics um, in twenty sixteen, um, and uh, so that's that's really exciting. So if you haven't seen a, a gold medalist in Olymp <laughs> run run a race or just in person, like definitely got to come out. Um, and you know, the, the men's, the, the, the fields are stacked. Um, so, and then also, I mean, if you want to, if you want to hop in the community races and run, it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun. Cause it's, it's such a short race, like one mile it's over quickly. And then you can just come out to the after party and, and have a beer and just hang out and, uh, meet, meet the athletes and stuff. And I would like to uh, see McNeil do this. McNeil, you gonna do it or are you gonna be drinking pina coladas and green briar? <laughs> pina coladas at green briar. Hell I'm yeah. starting to get back into my running after being on vacation. Even taking like a week and a half off, which is all I did. And man, oh man, it's it's kind of rough getting back into it. it really sets hey, it back. Well, it's point to point and it's downhill a little bit. It's over that Hope Memorial Bridge, you know, with all the guardians. So McNeil, you got a little bit of I mean, the beginning, right, Kobe is a little uphill, but then you know, it's smooth sailing. Yeah, it, it's like it's like a quarter mile flat, and then you kind of climb for I want to say five hundred meters, okay. and then you get a nice steep downhill. Okay. So, Kobe, um, what are you going to run it in? Well, I, I I actually just had Achilles surgery, so I'm I'm out this year. Oh, I'm not going to be able to run it. <laughs> yeah, so did I. So I'm out as well. <laughs> Same. That makes three of us. I are. <laughs> no, it's crazy. What, what would you What would you normally run that in? Um, yeah, give I've us your, like give us your stats. That's my bad. I should have done the whole intro. He, he's out of Strongsville, so he's a local guy. And, um, so we got, you were, you ran for Oregon, all American yep. in the DMR. Uh, correct. Yeah. Your 1600 so. was something with high school was pretty, oh, state champ, state champ in the mile in high school. Yep. Yes. And yep. you made the finals of the U S Olympic trials in both 2016 and 2021. You hit yep. your 1500 meter personal best 
kind of recently. 333.65. That's crazy. So that converts yeah, to like a 350 I, high mile. Getting, and just getting better with age. Yeah, baby. <laughs> like a fine wine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what um, else is cool to point out? I'm pretty sure when we had you on before, you weren't sponsored. Maybe it was 2020. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sponsored. I was sponsored by Hoka from, for like four years or so. And then there was a, a, a year or two I wasn't sponsored. And then um, yeah, I just kept running well. And yeah, uh, Adidas picked me up. So Then you hit that personal best and you got locked with Adidas, right? It, yeah, exactly. I had, yeah, I had, a couple, I had a couple good races after that. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so McNeil, if you can't best a 350, don't bother coming. Yeah, 350. That's insane. Well, the men's race last year uh, was, well, the men and women, they, they both ran so fast, but Johnny Gregoric ran 346.67. And I'm pretty sure that's the fastest time, if you count road miles. Uh, it's the fastest time in history for, for, for men, for uh, American, American. Um, but obviously you can't count that as like an American record because it's, it's on a, it's a point to point. You get a little bit of a downhill. That's what Kenny was um, saying, but can't it be like a still, con- converted at all or no, it still doesn't count. It would be, you'd be too hard to figure out the conversion. Okay. Um, and we all, there was it's also, strange. it was perfect conditions we had a huge uh, tailwind last year too yeah so but still that time i mean that's i can't run a half a mile in that can't even come close that's insane <laughs> not many people can <laughs> it, it's no. it, yeah it's insane um because we were 155 up the hill like at the 800 at, at the halfway point we, were, we hit 155 so wow and you ran for oregon yep university of oregon so uh, was there for five years, uh, 2010 to 2015, which is a fantastic running program from what I it understand is. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of the yeah. grow up of Nike came, came right out of there. Have, did you see air? I didn't air. Did you? Huh? Did you see it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just Phil Knight and it mentions Oregon right. and you know, it's kind of set out there, uh, originally. So I, I did, did you have any interaction with, with Phil Knight or the execs or anything with, with Nike back in the day? I know you're with Adidas now, so, you know, I don't yeah, know. No, I actually didn't. Um, but it was, it was always really cool. Cause like we, apparently Phil Knight keeps, tra- he's a huge track yeah. nut with Oregon and he, 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 he's really, he knows every single person on the team. He knows their PRs like to this day, like, he knows he wa- he watches the results of the meets and like I never got to meet him but ah, he he really definitely cool. knows who I am and uh, he could probably tell you all my PRs <laughs> uh, which is really cool and I believe that even in the movie they show him he's like running everywhere like he's just yeah. a nut and they make him out to be that that kind of a nut in there so uh, I could definitely see that that's that's pretty cool and and I'd imagine he had some pretty cool uniforms too that would, that oh, would stick yeah. out there. Yeah, with Nike, different uniforms seemed like every meet, um, but they they were so strict about it. Like we didn't know what uniform we were going to be wearing until like last minute, and then we have to go pick it up, and then we have to drop it off. So you couldn't even keep wow. like keep your uniform. So if you ever find those like on the internet or something, like I don't know how they snuck away with them because we we would get in trouble if we kept, held on to the uniforms. So you got got to turn them back in. Oh, I oh, stole my racing shorts at Syracuse. You sold you sold them? Yeah, I no, I stole them. 
of stone. <laughs> I'd, never, I'd never, I'd never, I'd never saw them. They're the best. I don't even know <laughs> if Nike makes a pair of shorts like that anymore. They're just like spandex that are yeah. don't ride up, and I don't know. It's magic. Yeah, the Nike, the Nike stuff um, is like they're just they're they're race, they're like racing shoes, and their um, their uniforms are always top notch for sure. So was that was that unique to Oregon and, and Nike that they would take back that stuff right after the races? Would they do that at other schools, or is it just you guys had some like test stuff and some well, proprietary stuff threads that they didn't want out there? Yeah, I think that is part of it. Uh, we would always get like um, so the kind of the way the cycle works is uh, so like Nike makes the Olympic uniforms, and they'll the Olympic uniforms will be like the the newest stuff that no one's had yet. Um, but meanwhile, Oregon actually gets that stuff too. And so Oregon, Oregon will have like the next, like the next, like newest, um, uniform set or whatever, uh, before all the other Nike schools out there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, so to a, a novice like weekend runner like, as myself, who's just kind of out there to keep my 44 year old body in somewhat of a shape, uh, what, what, what is your best tips for me to kind of be better at running and, and keep my body in, in better shape as I, as I continue and as I grow older? I would say just consistency. You just got to, you know, whether you're getting out there and running, you know, five miles or uh, a half mile, just making, just keeping consistent and getting out the door, putting those shoes on and getting out the door uh, for a little bit. Um, so I don't, don't know, take what, a week and a half off day. when I go on vacation. Yeah, that, that's, that's an issue because it just sets you back. I mean, if I took like a week and a half off, I'd feel like crap um, yeah. getting back into it too. How did you get your Achilles injury? Um, so it's, I had, uh, I, I, I could probably talk for a, a little while about it, uh, but I'll, I'll spare you guys, but I had a, um, like a bone spur on my heel. And so it just kept, keeps growing over time. And it kind of, it kind of looks like a, like a peak on my heel bone. It's, the heel bone supposed to be kind of rounded okay, and it, yeah. it was kind of, it had a sharp kind of point to it. And it was just I mean, I've been running forever, so it, it just kind of grew over time and it was just kind of digging into my Achilles tendon and it was just really painful, especially when I got into like the racing shoes. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I was just, I was managing it for a while, um, but uh, I just got to the point where I really couldn't do it anymore. So I, I had my, I had the same surgery done on my left heel and it, it worked great. So. Oh, sweet. Well, okay. Yeah. So we're hoping to see you next year then run this race. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll, yeah, I'll be there. What else can we expect this weekend? I know it's super fun. It's an evening race. You know, it's not a morning race. It's like you see the sunset. It was, last yeah. year was perfect weather. We had the beer and the party afterward per usual. Like the whole community comes together. The fact that this has grown to over 800 people coming out, it's just like it looks so good for our city. And it's really cool to have literally some of the most talented runners around the country here with us in the land. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you don't, you don't get an opportunity to see some of these, some of these runners like every day, especially in like Ohio. Like when I grew up, we never had any, any big time, like Olympians or anything coming out for races. Um, so, I mean, we're getting an opportunity to see the Olympic gold medalist and then you can keep going, you can keep going down the list. Like every single runner is amazing in their own right. Like, 
Um, and then exactly like beautiful, beautiful sunset, just a great energy, just great crowd. It, it's, it's just a really fun event. Um, so come on out and sign up and run. I, yeah, I mean, I, that one of the, uh, one of the, the other people who helped put on the race, Kenny, he, yeah. um, he thinks we're going to get around 800, but I, I feel like it's going to be more. Uh, we had like 600, uh, one of like 670 last year, but yeah, I got a feeling it's going to be more this year. Yeah. We got a lot of people and I won't be seeing the anthem this year, but it looks like we locked in Hayden Grove. He's, has he been on our show? Oh yeah. Oh sure. Hayden's okay. Been on the show. Yeah. Friend of show. So hopefully he'll be singing the national anthem, another Cleveland talent. Um, yeah, it'll be exciting. So if anyone catches this and you're a track nerd or a runner nerd or you just enjoy it for fun, it's hard not to get an adrenaline boost, like watching these people fly yeah. through the finish line. The elites is just like incredible. We talk about so many other sports on this podcast. One of the things I think is interesting about running is your lifestyle, the, the commitment and sacrifices you have to make for that kind of lifestyle. I think people don't really register what that really is. Um, because you, you you have to. You have to get your sleep. You have to train all the time. You know, off days, those accumulate. And, like, you need the miles to be strong enough to run even just one mile. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm excited. I'll actually be out of town this year, but I'll be well, checking in with the race results. All right. Kobe, Kobe, I see the hat there. Uh, your thoughts oh, on the gar- at, on the Guardians here at, uh, at the midway point or just past the midway point? Well, I mean, I, I, I think I still think they're going to win the division. I, I'm pretty disappointed with this year so far. I got my hopes up big time, but it seems like they're just playing. They're doing like just as well as they were doing to this point last year. Yeah. But the, you know, we got some injuries this time around. Um, the bullpen's a little shaky. You know, I don't even get, I don't understand the bullpen because we got like apparently what, like the second best ERA or something in the whole league. But it seems like every game, it's like a one-run game or, or we're winning late and then they blow the lead. So I don't know. Yeah, but, I, uh, I did see that. The Guardians tweeted that, and then I was like, that was ironic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I still think if you can just get to October, like anything can happen. Um, we're, we're I want Oscar up. That's what I want. Yeah, you're the second second guest in a row who's now pulling for Oscar to come back up. I, That's wild. Actually, I, intern I, Jack and I were just talking about this today, right? Was that? Yeah, that was earlier. We were just saying Oscar could come back. Well, you don't they're, like, they're him. De- I like him. They're deep in the meme labs over there. You got to leave the interns alone. That that group <laughs> chat right now is just unsalvageable. They they are just memeing away over there. So don't even. Look are you in memeing that side about over. Oscar though? They're memeing about anything that you could imagine. They're just in the lab over there. Wow. Man, good for nothing. <laughs> so what do you think? Do you think the Guardians are going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? Are they going to stand pat here with a week until the trade deadline? I think, I feel like we're going to be buyers. I don't know, like, I don't know what we could sell. I, I you know, I thought it was going to be Beaver, and then that right. kind of fell through. Um, I mean, well, I don't, I don't really know what we could sell. It's like... It's one of those things where I I, I don't want to. There's not many guys I want to see them trade because it seems like every time we get rid of one of these young guys, they end up going off. Like, yeah, uh, Nolan and and Brennan are right. Is that am I getting those right? 
Yeah, yeah Will no Brennan one... and, and no, no, Will Brennan's on the team. He's still who's on the team. Who's the guy in Cincinnati? Yeah, it's uh, Will Will Benson. Benson, yeah, yeah. similar kind of name. But uh, I feel like Jake Bowers is doing really well now too, wherever he is, or is he? Yeah. Was he or Yandy Diaz is doing well? Right, right. Or no, it was Owen Miller. It was Owen Miller. I think he's popping off. Him, Nolan. Yeah, Jones. he hit that home run against us. Like, yeah, I was at that game. Um, you know, we're really bitten if Bobby Bradley starts showing up in like pinstripes and starts mashing. <laughs> then you know, then you know, we're he's really with the yeah. Savannah Bananas, Chris. You don't got to worry about that. Oh man, I play a lot of assassin, baby. Come on, I play a lot of MLB the show, and I think I hit like fifty homers with Bobby Bradley. My man, my man, right there, brings Where a tear to my I? eye. Yeah, God love the assassin. Cool. Well, Colby, thanks for sharing some of your obviously Cleveland fandom with us, but also pitching the race, and hopefully we get some people to come out this weekend. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, hope to see you guys out there. It's gonna be a good one. Good yeah. stuff. For good sure. luck. Thank you, Colby. Good luck. Too. Thanks. See you guys. See ya. Achilles, nothing to play with, man. Feel bad for him. Yeah. It sounds like after those surgeries, though, he's going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, yeah. They, modern medicine, you bounce back from that pretty good. We've seen it being done a time or two. All right, should we actually hit fill in the blank for real this time? I think we should. It's uh, hot in here. So hot, but we have to get clips from this show. Okay, here we go. <laughs> chat all righty you want you don't want to be in the intern group chat i I don't know what it is but i'm sure you don't want to be (laughs) no what is so funny jack is in the fetal position no i I don't i actually don't know what jack's laughing about send it to me jack once again i don't want to know i do not want to (laughs) know all right fill in the blank. we don't have an hr department but i'm sure it would probably be something that would violate no i don't think so they were just they're sent they have like a rolodex of memes to use on social so they're like they're literally just sending like things like back and forth with just no context, more or less. But it's funny, so they're like like Jack is literally rolling on the floor in the studio. He is the rolling on the Yeah, yeah. He's literally literally rolling on the floor laughing. What is that? Someone left their cell phone oh, yeah, somebody, at the airport. Yeah, yeah. So th- this has this been the has most been chaotic the weirdest thing. Day. Because Bohm has been tweaking this whole episode because there was this guy that came in here and I kind of yelled at him. I'll put my hand up. I was very mean to the guy that came in here and he said, is this one of your guys' phone? It was, it was in the bathroom. I'm like, hey, pal, we're getting ready to start a show. You see the lights? You see the camera? I don't know whose phone it is. It's not any of ours. <laughs> wow, so he got there. pissed off and left, left it right outside <laughs> of our door. Ringing. Thanks to you. It's been ringing inside. And I think Jack you know what? He probably is now playing the... a prank on us. This dude's probably calling it because I think Jack just went through it in the lake. So no, it's still very loud, Jack. Uh, Did you see? Did you locate it? Did you see it? Yeah, I moved it further. <laughs> oh my gosh! In the not, lake. Not in the far lake. enough away. In the lake. Go throw it in the lake, Jack. Well, it was found in the bathroom, so it could just be put back into the, bathroom. the bathroom. Oh man! Or in the goodness. toilet, so that way it stops ringing. Wow. Well, we want them to find their phone. Is Nick. it an Come iPhone? On. This guy's got to use no, find it my wa- phone. No, it wasn't. And that's what even made me more mad because I knew it was nobody's here's phone. So that's, I was like, That's why get he keeps it calling it We're because to get he can't done. find it. This guy's in cloud. hell right now. It's quiet now. All right. The MLB trade deadline is next Tuesday. Guardians should 
blank at the trade deadline. We were just kind of talking about this. We Are we buyers, sellers, stay put? I think I know your input. Chris, what do you think? What what where are you kind of at with this? Because obviously they're they're two ish games back. You know that fluctuates kind of by the night. Um, what do you think they do? Last year we saw the success when they stood pat. I think they're going to do the same thing this year. Really? I, I do. I, I really do. I know that Antonetti went on yeah. and said, "Hey, we're looking for a starting pitcher. We're looking for another bat." But I don't believe him. I think that's what you say, is that you're always looking, and you're always looking to improve the team. But I, I think still being the youngest team in baseball, I think they're pretty pretty happy with standing pat, seeing the division for what it is, which is not very good. Right now, what are we, two and a half back of the yeah. Twins? So even with the, the roster as it's assembled right now, we're quote-unquote competitive within this division, and I think that's going to be enough to have them say, we're just going to stand pat. I would like to see them make a move, but I just don't see them doing it as an organization right now. Yeah. I, I'm regretfully with you. I think my the fan in me is hoping that they do something. I look at this roster. What do you think they would do? What do you think they would do, Nick? If you could wave a wand and forget about Otani for a second. <laughs> if you could wave a wand, I mean, something that you think that, okay, this is within the realm of possibility with the Cleveland Guardians. What, what would it be? Well, Shohei Otani is my number one. And I think that if Dan Gilbert owned the, Gar- if Dan Gilbert owned the Guardians, Shohei Otani would already be in a Guardians uniform, which is unfortunate because that just goes to show that it's really not a money issue. It's just kind of do you have what it takes between the legs to get it done? And I just don't think that they do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I do think I agree with what Antonetti said. Well, I if, think if the Haslam's owned him right now and <laughs> Shohei Otani had all kinds of off the field <laughs> issues then he would also be in a guardian with the dude wipes commercial that's exactly right but guess what neither of those scenarios are true so with the guardians as assembled right now with the ownership group what do you see them doing i want them to just just get better like like you've you've gone it, it was 1948 the last time that you won a world series my grandparents weren't even alive yet and half of them are already dead so like you've gotta you've gotta try something new the i get that that's how their organization runs that's not how right. they do business in any business model in any take big play for an example if you do something and fail that many times since 1940 wouldn't you pivot and try something different um and i i know that's just not in their dna and they're not going to do it i like that lars newbar dude the the outfielder for the st louis cardinals i think you got to find a legitimate bat in the outfield steven kwan makes contact but for an outfielder it's just like he's you know on a on a world series team steven kwan is probably your seventh or eighth hitter in, in your lineup you know he's not the leadoff guy you need somebody with a little bit of pop so i i just hope they get a big bat the the, the home run metrics are horrible so i i hope they find somebody that could just bring a little bit of power to it and protect jose protect josh naylor a little bit better do you believe them when they say they're looking at pitching? Do you think they bring in or take a look at any pitchers here? I think I think maybe they they go in the bargain barrel because like, but I don't know because like the the young kids are doing very well, and I also wouldn't move Savali. I get that that was kind of floated last week. Yeah. Those were the reports that we were hearing yep. more and more. I wouldn't really do that either. I think when Tristan McKenzie's healthy with the young guys plus Siv, that's kind of really all you need in the pitching department. Um, I, I, I'm so sick and, and maybe that's really my issue, Chris, is I'm so sick of like, 
the pitching. You know, we have good pitching every year. Don't worry about the pitching. The you, You're dead last in the league in home runs. Again, like, find a big bat. Hey, since the All-Star break, we've been hitting dingers, though. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, for sure. A little bit. little bit. We came out, what, 14 dingers, something like that, since the All-Star break, so. Yeah. We're starting to mash a little bit, and we've got a couple of divisional series now coming up. So yeah, you know, this week, you know, we won't be able to put any of these clips out there because we'll beat up on the poverty royals. But then the second we play somebody good, it's it's going to be the same thing up and down, up and down, up and down until we play the Twins at the end. I think it's going to be close the whole way until the end. And to your point, but I think that's what causes the complacency. Yeah, because for sure, for sure, you just come out a Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Where the 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 house is packed, everyone's excited, and and for good reason. I mean, we are in second place, and we did win two out of three from the Phillies, who were in the World Series last year. But at the same time, you know, we're not world beaters by any stretch, no. and we know that we're going to pick up some games here, hopefully this week against the Kansas Cities, and that's going to get everybody juiced, and yep. then we're going to pack the stadium, and as long as we're doing that. I, I don't know what the incentive is until the division gets a little bit better. And then mm. all of a sudden you got to raise your game, I but I, I, I don't see or, them. Making you know what it'll be though. It'll be the opposite. When one of those teams and it probably won't be the twins. Cause they kind of do the same thing that we do every year. Just go in the, in the discount bin and try to say that, Oh, we're staying competitive. I think when a team does it the right way, like the tigers, maybe the Royals, but there are so many years away. But I think the Tigers or the White Sox, probably the best example, and they take the division by eight games, you know, ten games, and they prove that they're the class and that everybody else is just kind of screwing around. I think then they go full teardown, and they, and they you know, trade everybody and kind of build it the right way back up. So that's why I'm right now like you got to do something because you're in this contention window, quote, unquote, but you're not going to yeah. – you are not going to contend with the – if say you win the division – and it's the Yankees again. I'll tell you right now how that series ends. Like there, no surprises. You're gonna lose. We got a better shot than the Twins do, at least historically. Yeah, because you have pitch. Yeah, because good pitching in the playoffs, but you just don't have enough offense to hang on. And think. Nick, you're right. Our young guys are pretty impressive. Tanner Bybee, I think it's like in his last five starts, he's a 1.22 ERA. The other day, seven innings of work, only allowed two hits, one walk, I think it was, and eight strikeouts. I mean, that's pretty. He just got here. He's only yeah. been on the mound, big league mound, 15 times. So yeah. I think we're going to see our young guys, like, they're just so good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm I'm with you on that. Between Bobby and Allen, like, you could literally flip a quarter heads or tails the next five years, which one's going to be the ace and which one's going to be the two. Like, they're both very good. Both very good. Anyway, that was only one fill in that the blank. That was only one fill in the blank, but I think it was needed. Where do you think – should we skip ahead? Uh, well, where do you think Shohei Otani's going to go or be on August 2nd? I wish here. I really do. I, it's It was so funny to me, and I get that it's not realistic, but the fact that Antonetti said, like, we're looking for a starting pitcher and a big bat. It's like, <laughs> if there was only one guy that could do that could do both, I, re- I, I think he would. <laughs> oh, you think that's what he was saying? I didn't even put that together. I didn't to either. That's funny and true. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, he wasn't saying Otani. I don't think he was speaking no, about Otani, but my yeah. brain went, hey, dummy, there's literally a guy that's out there that's available um, that's like the best in the world at both. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I just kind of had myself a little laugh. I think he should probably stay with the Angels. I think if the Angels were smart, they would keep him. I get that they haven't won much with him, but I just. I have such a hard time in any sport just letting a guy 
that talented leave, they're going to get a poo-poo platter for them. That's why I want the Guardians to do it. Everybody's like, well, what about the farm system? What about the prospects? Who cares about the prospects, you know? Give, give me the MLB-ready guy. So I, if I'm the Angels, I'm keeping them. Chris, do you care where he goes? No, I, I think he stays with the Angels, too. I, I If I were to guess, though, I, you know, a, a location outside of the Angels, I could see him going to the Dodgers just because they'll spend money. Yeah. And He's that's the market that's very close, and they could steal a whole lot of thunder from not too far away. But nonetheless, I, 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 I have be... that inclination, too. There just hasn't been enough smoke to me to think that he's really going to get moved. Yeah, I could be wrong, but he also strikes me as a little bit of he enjoys his team so much. Like he strikes he me as a little bit of a Jose Ramirez in the aspect of I could see him just staying because, I mean, he's already making bank. They're going to make accommodations for him. And he seems to really they're always or at least on social media, we're always blowing up the antics between him and his teammates and stuff. And they're making bank, too. Like, that's my whole thing. People are like, the Dolans can't afford it. They'll make that money back so quick. Like, watch an Angels game. They're, they have international sponsors. The sponsors that, like, where yeah. we have Marathon on the backstop or, you know, the, all the different one Window, oh. Na Window Nation. They have, like, national brands that are in a different language back there because yeah. this dude's an international. Here's a good question. So Do you think Shohei Otani could have the economic economic impact like more so of one than lebron james ever did mm. no because it would be a shorter time horizon yeah so it's, it's what it would be i and, think and i think he would LeBron make anonymous with cleveland for so long i think otani would make the dolans more money than lebron made dan maybe because the dolans would be able to profit off of what i'm saying you know any japanese advertisers that wanted to get involved with the team or yeah be because on the his reach is so far yeah and global and but i, I mean so, so I is lebron's but. but but like for the fit i mean they'd sell out progressive field but honestly they've been doing that anyway they've been drawing crowds down there without shohei yeah Wow, it would really that would be crazy. It's I don't even want to talk about it because if it, it's not going to happen, but I'm going to beat the drum till it doesn't. I like it. The Browns' position group I'm most concerned about. Hmm, I'm going to go with defensive tackle, Gab, and that's just because uh, you you stole mine. Yeah, it, it's just <laughs> because I feel like we they probably didn't completely 1000% address it in free agency and the draft. They kind of, they patched it up. They, they definitely went quantity over quality and they got a ton of guys there who they're, they're going to be an upgrade over what we saw last year. But I think that's probably the one that I'm a little bit nervous about. Obviously they cut Perry on, um, <laughs> which geez, by the way. Um, but I think, I think that's the one that I'm the most nervous about. I think I have trust that Jim Schwartz could make do with what he has, but I'd feel really good if they had like another starting caliber defensive lineman in that room. To, to be honest with you, I don't know how you could look at this team any other way. And, you know, last year, you know, the Browns are 32nd against the run. You just can't be 32nd yeah. against the run. Yeah. And that all starts up front with this defensive line. So I'm going to be very interested to see how Jim Schwartz, how his defense, 
how the personnel now that they brought in, how that all works to stop the run, because you've got to be able to do that. I understand it's a passing league, but at the end of the day, you can't be dead last in the league against the run and expect to do <laughs> anything in this division or in this league. I was listening to a Jim Schwartz interview, too, on how he kind of views the defensive line, and I thought it was very interesting. He compared it to baseball and said he you use a defensive line if you're smart like a bullpen, where you're constantly just churning and rotating guys to keep your best guys fresh at the end of games so I think having the Maurice Hills of the world and Siaki Ikas who are definitely not Aaron Donald talent wise but they could give you enough throughout a game that you keep Dalvin Tomlinson, Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith fresh for the the rest of the game I think that's what really matters so just keep those guys fresh and the rest will be cool okay Browns Madden ratings are here's some notable player rankings Garrett number one with Nick Boza yeah, Chubb number one Chubb 97 Wa- Watson's a 78 what do you think about that I, I, don't, I think we got to look at how the national audience views Deshaun Watson on the field you know not that good he's he's down there with guys like uh Derek Carr he was down there with Jimmy G um, Kyler was above him. I, I think it's fair though, think, coming out number sixteen after what they saw last year. It's it's a game that updates during the course of the season. Yep. You could go, so up. it's not like it's printed and it's set. So that certainly has room to go up, go up a big time. If you're starting off at seventy eight, number sixteen quarterback in the league, you know, right in the middle. I, I'm okay with that. <sighs> You, I'm more excited. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, first round we're a top 10 team on Madden. We are. How often has that happened during my lifetime? Forget about your lifetime. My lifetime, 44 years. I've been playing a lot of Madden over those years, and it's been very rare that I haven't had to take a Browns team and significantly Sliders. upgrade it to yeah. make it decent so I could have fun on the thing or take it down from like all pro level all the way down to like rookie for a while until I figured out what I was doing on the on the Madden. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, quite seriously, I, I want to be able to play with my team as is. And, it, and this year, you have an opportunity to play the Madden Browns team as is rather than significantly upgrading it to make it a decent team. Talented. They're talented, man. Yeah. They are. They have the Browns in the top 10, number seven. Yeah. yeah, they're number seven, top 10. I'll take that all day long. I think number seven in the league, I mean, if somebody said, hey, where would you rank the Browns? Power rank them right now. And somebody said seventh, I'd say, yeah, okay. You'd you know, be I'll happy with that. that for sure. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it, Chris. All right. What do you guys say we hit some big play bets and get on out of here? It's hot. Alrighty, you can bet on all the biggest sporting events all year round with us at Typico Sportsbook, MLB in full swing, MLS and Lionel Messi. You could bet on all that action too. PGA football season right around the corner. Your Cleveland Browns take on the Jets in the Hall of Fame game just 10 days away. You better believe that Typico already has the line set for that preseason matchup as well as week one of the regular season. So hop on to Typico Sportsbook. 
Sportsbook. Go check out all the football markets. Now it's future season. You like Miles Garrett, seven to one to win defensive player of the year. Now is the time to put that in before he starts getting all these sacks with Zadarius Smith. So you could go check them out. They do all kind of great promos and boosts, especially for our local Cleveland sports teams. Be sure to sign up with our show link to get $200 of bets on us with that first $50 deposit. You got to be 21 years or older to gamble in Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's take a look at some bets this week. We heard the same game parlay that we're throwing in for tomorrow. So let's already speed up to Wednesday. Guardians and Royals. It's Gavin Williams versus Alec Marsh. We're going to build our own same game parlay marsh is a rookie and he's never faced the guardians and the royals have allowed the third most runs in the mlb at 5.38 per game i think we give gavin williams some love in this one but also maybe the over um just for the game because i feel like the guardians will be able to put up some runs here yeah and i'll tell you nick i'm on a bit of a heater right now on these, I've gotten Same. the boosts. We had uh, yesterday Jose Ramirez to get an RBI. Yep. Ding, hit that one. And then we had another boost that was, what was that? That was Man, the Schwar- Schwarber. Guardians money line. Eight Schwarber. Yeah. yeah no so- record to hit and Guardians to win. That was a nice one there, Nick. Yes, thank you. So, yeah, I, I think we'll just stay hot with all of these. Let's go with the, the over for Gavin Williams strikeouts as well as the over in the game. Same game parlay that. Throw it up on Tipico and stay hot. Thursday, Guardians at White Sox. It's Tanner Bybee versus Dylan Cease. And we are going to go over under for Tanner Bybee strikeouts. Gab talked about it before. Um, His last five starts, 1.21 ERA. 34 strikeouts, 17 hits, only 12 walks. The dude is just on a tear. I, I think we have to go over, right? You got to go over. Yeah. Ride that momentum. Over in Guardians money line. Hell yeah. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. It's Yankees and Orioles. Sunday night baseball on ESPN. It's Seve versus Dean Kramer. Who are we taking in this? Are we, are we riding with the Orioles? Severino walking in with a 6.46. No e- kidding. What oh. happened to him? He used to be good. Woo-wee. The Yankees are only two games out of the wild card. Traveling to the O's. Uh, I hate the Yankees, but, man, I, I think the Yankees walk in Sunday night baseball, big stage, and they're going to take a W there. They're going to win it. They are kind of built for that. I, I agree. I'm kind of going to go with the Yankees, too. Don't love it, but whatever. That's our when big- did we get Aaron Judge back? I don't know. He's been out since June 3rd. That's insane. Yeah, wow. that's, that's big news, especially to – Honestly, if you're a Yankee fan, are you feeling good with where you're at? Like, we're you're literally a half game out of a wild card spot with no judge. I feel like I'd be f- feeling pretty all right. Yeah, that's true. They need a bat. Maybe they go and get Otani. Upset you. <laughs> On that note, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Big Play Reflog Show. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. But also download that Tipico Sportsbook app. When you do, use promo code REFLOG. Uh, when you deposit 50, we'll give you $200 bets on us. Now's the time to do it. Lock in before football season with us. We got a lot of fun stuff coming for it. So we will see you guys then. Till then, see you.